This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. We are back and better than ever. Happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, so sorry. First, let's. I guess we should apologize for not being around last week, huh? You should probably tell people what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you guys listened to last week's episode, we had a teeny bit of technical difficulties by way of the recording. Um, and since then, all of our recording situations have seemed to go even further down the toilet. It's been a big hot mess. Yeah, we won't name any names, but we bought new microphones and won't be buying those microphones anymore. Correct. So, <laughs> so we are, again, back and better than ever. We've got some new microphones, a new lease on life. <laughs> we feel a lot happier at this point. We're really excited about the new microphones, and hopefully this will deliver a lot better than previous episodes. Yeah, we hope not to leave y'all hanging again. Yeah, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I am alive and kicking it. <laughs> I'm drinking this lovely, what I like to call Spanish wine, so it's Coca-Cola and red wine. Which is exactly what I think of when I think of Spanish as Coca-Cola. Correct. <laughs> Except they have the better Coca-Cola over there. They don't use well, it's not just them. fructose it's, corn syrup. It's pretty much everyone but us. Mm. They use real sugar. Yeah, so but my, that's not why you call it that. Well, no, but apparently in Spain they drink this, and I like it. It's a nice summer way of drinking red wine, because <laughs> red wine can be a little bit heavy. But I love red wine, mm-hmm. and so I'm not willing to get rid of it. <laughs> so you just mix a little Coke in it, make it a little bit better. And you're, and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Coca-Cola, not Coke. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh, things are good on your end? Yeah, everything is good. Life is wonderful. It is good, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We're in a super happy place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're sliding into the end of the year. Nothing but weddings and holidays and trips after this. Can you believe it's September? Mm Mm-hmm, I can. And can you believe that Beyonce's birthday was this week? (laughs) Yeah, I can believe that. (laughs) It's so exciting. Sure. Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter is now another year older, and Mm. the world is smiling. (laughs) Well, my husband is smiling. Totally. Um, That's awesome. Well, what say you we hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week? Hippity hop away. (laughs) As a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. So if you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like for us to, uh, or I'm sorry, or if you would like to bring it to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. I um, am really excited about this week's hashtag gay relationship goals. Do tell. Well, one of the things I like the most about this podcast and kind of what our whole intent and purpose was behind doing this is to try to create like community by way of relationships, right? Like queer relationships. Like 
a group of people who value and or love and or cherish relationships and, and what that union means and like be able to have everyone like relate to one another and give stories and, and kind of commune over like the ways that relationships work within the queer community, right? Right. Um, so what was fantastic is this week's hashtag gay relationship goals is actually a couple, well, one of the couple, one of the people in the couple, um, and I had been DMing each other via Instagram for a little while, and, um, I don't know, and then we started talking, and I was like, okay, so we're totally gonna end up making you guys the hashtag gay relationship goals, because you're friggin' adorable, (laughs) and, um, just super duper sweet, and so I just was really excited about it, so... Without further ado, um, I am going to talk a little bit about Jason Plaga um, and his husband, uh, Ben, and Ben's last name that I refuse to butcher because it's just not kind. Um, But you can follow the two of them on Instagram. Jason's Instagram handle is Jason Plaga. That is J-A-I-Z-O-N. P-L-A-G-A, and his husband is uh, Ben, which is uh, at BR44163, and that's on Instagram. Um, I just, I'm really into this couple. Why? Uh, Well, Jason is really cool. I mean, so they are Chicagoans. Is that what you would call people who live in Chicago? (laughs) Chicagans. Chicagans? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that is. But he's a singer. Chicagoites? Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> um, but he's a singer and a pianist um, and a crossfitter, which, sidebar, I I am so into people who are into that, like, whole Barry's Boot Camp or CrossFit and stuff like that. Like, those are some dedicated mofos. <laughs> I can't even commit to my cell phone service. <laughs> <laughs> And these people are literally in the gym like four or five, six days a week, like and doing a really good job. And I just love it. But mm. yeah, they're CrossFitters. Um, Jason is also a pageant enthusiast. Which, no. uh, I will respect him for that too. <laughs> um, and then his husband, Ben, doesn't have a ton of information about what he likes and or dislikes in life, but I know he likes his husband. (laughs) They're just adorable. I love all of the pictures of them together. Like, again, just another adorable couple. Oh, and I also know that he's a Madonna fan. Ben Mm -hmm. is a Madonna fan. A huge Madonna fan. He has Madonna tattooed on his arm. It's in their bedroom. In in her Vogue days, Mm -hmm. which is, like, incredible. He dressed up as her for Halloween. Yeah, they're, like, he's, like, a Madonna fan. And, um, which, I mean, who isn't, right? (laughs) Dead people. Yeah, various stages of Madonna, I feel, are somebody will speak to one way or another. Um, but I just like this couple. Again, I just, the adventures. And I like that they do stuff together. So they do, like, CrossFit together. You know, the couple that CrossFits together stays together. I saw that on a bumper sticker once. Correct. Um, but I just really, I, I just really enjoy the love that they have for one another. And it's amazing. So... During my time with DMing and and talking to Jason, he sent me a cute little story about he and Ben and their relationship and, like, how all of that came about and and what that looked like. So I'm going to share this story with you guys. Ooh, a relationship first. I hope everyone likes story time. 
Once um, upon a time. Once upon a gay time. <laughs> um, so Ben, I'm sorry, Jason writes, uh, when we first met 12 years ago, Ben and I were two totally opposite people. Our paths wouldn't have crossed unless our mutual friends hadn't introduced us to each other. It wasn't a quick to fall in love moment for us either. Um, we got to slowly know one another through casual conversation, which then led to being each other's go-to for relationship advice as we were dating other people all the time. Before we knew it, we were single guys again, and our friendship grew stronger as we became each other's support system. Our friendship soon turned into boyfriends, which then turned into partners. Now, here we are 11 years as a couple and four of those years as husbands. Um, they're beating us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Only by a little. Only by a teeny bit. Um, we are still... Not a competition. No, not at all. <laughs> I just love it. I, I'm like, oh my God, other people can stand each other for even longer than we have. Like, that's amazing. There might be hope. I know. <laughs> we are still two totally different people that have grown to appreciate our differences. Throughout the years, I can honestly say we still have our individuality, which makes Ben and Jason stronger together. I... Friggin' love that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, especially the last part because they're, you know, as we've had an episode about it, tone, I mean, opposites do attract, right? Like mm -hmm. there are some severe differences in you and me and what we do and how we function as a couple. But at the end of the day, the love that we have for one another is the strongest part of all of it. And I think that that is kind of the defining part of the whole thing, right? Like that is what makes... A relationship um and so it's like fantastic so i'm a huge fan of this couple they literally like i said made my heart smile and um could not have been kinder with passing along the information um and being supportive of the podcast and the instagram and things like that mm -hmm. so um i am honored to be able to present them as this week's hashtag gay relationship goals because I just think that they're adorable. Welcome, guys. Yeah, what do you think about them? Oh, I love it. I think the thing that strikes me is, like you said, the adventures part I absolutely love. But then also, um, like, when you look through that, I, like, that's my friend so-and-so. Like, it's just, they're just very relatable. It's very, like, human. Um, you know, they're just, they are. They're one of your friends. Um, and I really like that. I like it when people don't put on airs. I like it when they are... Uh, accessible to the rest of us. I think it's great when people are human um, because we all are and it's so easy online to pretend not to be um, and I just love that they don't do that. I also love their little puppies. Oh, they're good. Yeah, they're dog dads which is also incredible. I'm just looking at another post right now and it's so like Jason posted a picture of Ben uh, like with his LOTD which stands for look of the day mm -hmm. Um and he says, my husband's hashtag LOTD got me like drooly face emoji, drooly face emoji, drooly face emoji, heart eye emoji, heart eye emoji, heart eye emoji, fire, fire, fire. And I just, like, I know it's, like, silly. Like, it's super silly. But, like, the fact that they're, like, posting things about each other and, like, mm -hmm. like they're in love. And, like, look, let's be honest. If it didn't happen on Instagram, it never happened in real life, right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was a joke. Um, but, you know, I just love these declarations, right? Like, there's just, like, there's just evidence of their love. Like, there's the fact. And, and again, we only get a snippet of people's relationships because we don't know them in real life or we don't get to interact with them in person. But when you can look on a page uh, on Instagram, because that's kind of the only thing that we have, 
when you can look at them and then see that there's just this admiration for one another, this love, this adoration for one another. Like, it's just beautiful. It's just really, really nice. And it just goes to show that um, even after 11 years, like, it can still exist, right? There you go. And I think that that's the goal in life for those who decide that that's the route that they want to take. Right. So... Again, if you guys want to follow, if you people would like to follow um, Jason and Ben on Instagram, you can follow Jason. Again, he is at J-A-I-Z-O-N-P-L-A-G-A. You're going to love his Instagram page, I promise. Um, And then his hersbind is at BR44163. Um, and you can follow them. And then they also have a group page too, like our couples page. There's not a ton of pictures on there, but that is at B-E-E and J-A-Y-C-H-I. That's at B and J-Shy for Chicago. <laughs> not to be confused with Kardashian. Oh, geez. Um, so yes, yeah, so follow them on Instagram. Tell them the Chris Kelly sent you and, um... Have fun because they are an adorable couple. I'm a huge fan. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to try and solve the world's problems. Cortelli style. <laughs> Hiya. <laughs> if you live in the New York City area and are looking for more relationship content, please join us for our monthly group meeting where we will discuss relationship topics with like minded couples and singles within the community. Go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. That's shit with an exclamation point, not an I. Monthly meeting dates and various social activities will be posted on the page. This group will give you an opportunity to be a part of a larger dialogue focusing on important relationship topics and will help you to connect and have fun with others within our community. Again, go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. We look forward to seeing you at our next meeting. This is a teeny bit heavier of a topic. It can be. Um, Especially because we are going to talk about gay people and family. Or I should say queer people, right? Mm -hmm. And and family and how those two relate to one another and what that looks like. Um, Both of us are somewhat fortunate in the way... We're very fortunate. in, In the sense that, like, we for the most part, have the acceptance of our family. Yeah, it didn't, didn't exactly start out that way across the board, but it got that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of people out there are not fortunate in that sense. Like, they don't... They, don't, they never get that. Yeah, yeah, they don't have that. And so it's a, it's a little... It's sad. Um, but I, I think we as queer people have all kind of uh, come to terms with that reality, right? Some of us more than others. Yeah. And what's crazy about it is some of us tend to be a little bit more uh, angry behind it than what I find necessary. Um, Hear me out. You say this all the time, but what ends up happening is, you know, we come out as, as gay or queer or bi or lesbian or transgender and things like that, and we think that it's supposed to be this just open arm welcome like oh great fantastic good I'm so happy my son is gay kind of thing like that and and think that that is just what our family is supposed to do and and 
because that doesn't end up happening all the time, we end up becoming very angry behind the topic, right? Like we could, we, we like are all of a sudden hetero angry, violent, heterophobic, if you will, by way of that kind of thing, like that thinking that, you know, well, God, they didn't accept me and they haven't done it quick enough. So they're dead to me kind of thing like that. And it's just not, I, I don't think it's fun for the heteros. <laughs> to, well, just, that to, to be clear, I think you're talking about a very specific situation, which is not the people who got kicked out of their home. It's not the people who got abused for being gay. You're talking about the people who still live at home whose families don't necessarily accept them, where it's this sort of quiet, passive-aggressive thing, or this sort of hostile or toxic environment, but not one that is abusive and not one that results in homelessness. You're talking about those people. I kind of am t- I'm talking about both of them. Now, and again, hear me out, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but, you know, our parents, our grandparents, grew up in a very, very different time period. And so their thoughts and or feelings about homosexuality or queerness within itself comes from a different time. And so, you know, no different than my family, my parents and my grandparents thinking that it was normal to spank or whoop a child, you know, and things like that. Like those things happen within the queer culture, right? They think that the way to make that stuff not happen is is to beat it out of them because a lot of people think that or, you know, do all kinds of things. I'm not condoning those actions, um, but all I can say is, like, be a little bit more patient with your parents by way of get out of the situation. Like, definitely get out of the situation because you don't deserve to be beaten. No one should lay their hands on you in any way, shape, or form. Um, But understand that they don't, even though it seems that there's a lot of anger and hate coming from the situation, you you kind of got to be a teeny bit more patient with them and give them the opportunity to like actually understand it in a different perspective. Because as you and I have always said, I think that one of the things that really helped my family understand the whole gay situation was my relationship with you because that was more real. You know, there was like a full relationship. There was like something that existed that didn't consist of AIDS scares or, you know, um, gay guys that are just like out there partying and doing drugs all the time because these are all of the stories that have been fed to the generations before us by way of what gay people were. And so I I just think that sometimes it takes a teeny bit of patience. And I know it's really, really hard to like tell somebody to be the bigger person when you get kicked out and or thrown out of your home or your parents are trying to take you to a conversion camp and like make you, you know, straight and things like that. Like I I, I can understand that. Um, But I I guess I just, for me, you know, I just say that like you kind of got to give them some time because, you know, at the end, of, I, I, I like to believe, and maybe this is me being Pollyanna for a second, but I like to think that parents love their children and, and they just have different visions of what's going to happen. So when you throw them a curveball, they just have a natural reaction um, that may be unfavorable 
Um, but it, it doesn't mean that they have lost their love for you. It just means that they are trying to readjust. I don't know, I'm rambling. I think there's a line. I think there's a line. I think, you know, I try very hard to practice forgiveness, um, and I try to practice it, like, from the beginning, but it's a practice. It's hard to forgive some things. If, if you didn't ask to be born, period, and then you didn't ask to be born this way, and then your family doesn't um, even keep a roof over your head, I think you're justified in being angry at them. Sure, I think that anger should come. And I think, I think you shouldn't harbor it for your whole life, but I only think that because of what it does to you. Mm. I think that you should allow for forgiveness in yourself for those people, um, but because hatred will just eat away at you and it will prevent you from having a healthy, loving relationship. I think what I'm talking about when I say that you dropped a bomb on somebody and you should give them some time to adjust is when they still do the right thing and they keep you in their home and they try to like understand this and they sort of struggle through it with you because you have to remember my, my point is you have to remember how long you had to struggle with it. It's only fair to give them a little time to struggle with it in those circumstances where they're struggling with it with you when they hurt you or they kick you out. I, I have no sympathy for them and I have no time for them. Um, you don't deserve that. No one does, no matter what. Not one person. And certainly not because of your being gay or trans. Like that, there's, that is nothing. That is nothing to them. They have no right to do that um, to you. And it's unfortunate that you have to be further traumatized um, for stuff that you're going through. There is, a, there is a bare minimum that you can expect of people who become parents. And if you can't hold up to that bare minimum, then you should not have become a parent in the first place. Um, and I strongly believe that. I believe that you have a responsibility. Um, and whether you personally disagree with something with your uh, child, it's still your child and you still have to take care of your child. You may need to struggle through something. You may need to get some help to get through it. But it doesn't mean that you get to hurt your child over it. So just to make that clear, my point is, again, if you struggle with this thing for so long, then you should be able to give them a little time to struggle, to not be perfect because they are human. Um, and you should leave the door open to a relationship later in life. But I've always said there's, there's, and lots of people have said this, there's two kinds of family. There's the family that you're born into and there's the family that you make. And it's important to remember that you can still make a family. Even if you have a great family, you can still make more of a family. But if you don't have a great family, you can make a great family and still have everything that you want. Yeah. I mean, look, again, please let the record reflect that, like, I am not condoning uh, abuse towards any body in general. I don't think anybody should lay their hands on anybody. Um, all I'm saying is, you know, it's, I think I was sharing this with you the other day, uh, or recently, where um, the world was upset when they found out that Paula Dean was running around using the N-word. And I forget who it was. I think it may have been D.L. Hughley, who I actually am not a fan of. But um, I think he's the one that said, Paula Deen is like a 60-year-old Southern white woman. Like, Why are you how did we think that she wasn't referring to black people in that manner? Right. Like, like, we, like, not saying that it's right, but at the same time, like... This is not the first time Paula Deen <laughs> called a black person the N-word. She's said it hundreds of times before this. This is the first time that it's ever been recorded. So I, I, I say that to say, you know, I, I get why our parents and or grandparents might have harsh 
words and or do not very kind things in the heat of this revelation, right? Because it is something that is foreign to them and they don't understand. And they grew up at a time period where they beat up gay people or they had strong feelings about it. So I, to your point, would say don't harbor the hate because you as a human being should not carry all of that for the rest of your life. I just say that you under, like just understand that they're doing what they were taught to do and it's now going to take some time for them to like unlearn that so that they can hopefully fingers crossed be the family that they're supposed to be towards you. Um but if you are being abused or anything of that sort, you should get out um because you should never have to take you should none of that should ever have to happen to anybody that that ever not one person should have to ever experience that. How was coming out for you? Did your family like welcome it with open arms? I, th I think your mom was a little bit more supportive of it, huh? So when I uh, when I was struggling with my identity, yeah, my mom was very supportive. Uh, the only thing she ever had trouble with was knowing what, like how difficult it would be for me. Um, that was her only concern ever but she would she didn't care when I dated boys she didn't care that I would go back and forth between dating boys and girls um you know that was never that was never a, a problem and my brothers were all really great about it um you know uh, my brother Tom you know sat and sat with me one-on-one -on -one and told me stories and like you know helped me through things and gave me advice and just made me feel like very loved and I, I vividly remember uh, that night and those conversations and they they meant uh, the world to me um, and they're still very important to me um, you know the rest of my family they came around um, it took them some time um, they they are the people that you were talking about they grew up in a different world they grew up in a place in a time where um, and and again I, I this is the part where I say like have forgiveness don't fault people like and even looking back there's really nothing to forgive it's it's culture you know and 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 in fact partially it's propaganda i mean for the longest time being gay was synonymous with being a pedophile sure and it was a mental illness so you can't expect people to be tolerant of that when that's what they're taught and it's what everyone accepts so like i didn't think we were ever i didn't think i was ever going to come out to my grandparents because they are they're lovely wonderful people they volunteer they go to church they take care of other uh people um they're really great they're very connected to the family and they happen to be old world catholic um and so you know i know anytime the topic ever came up my grandfather would point to specific verses in the bible um and so i had just you know sort of reserved myself to my grandparents will never know but the reason they'll never know is because it's more important to me to have a loving relationship with them than it is to need them to be a part of this part of my life um, and there was a, that was a struggle for me, um, because I felt, part of me felt like that was being inauthentic, um, but really, and, and I'm not saying that this is universal for everyone else, I'm saying that in my particular situation, um, this was, the call was more about not being selfish. I didn't, as someone who was in their 20s at the time, I didn't think that people in their 
60s and 70s at the time should have to um, change the way they were thinking to fit the way I was thinking. Um, I do think it's the right direction for the world to go in, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm glad that we have equality um, and that we continue to fight for more equality. Um, but um, it was just something, and I had told you that as we got serious. I was like, just so you know, you're never going to know my grandparents. If it becomes important to you, we can pretend like you're somebody's friend and you can come over and you can see them. <laughs> um, but that was what we were going to have to do. And, um, you know, it didn't work out that way. Um, and thankfully, everything is great. My whole family, including my grandparents, really love you. You know all of them. They know you. They know our marriage. Um, they know about this podcast. You know, they... Um, uh, and they and they care about you, and they ask about you, and some of them talk to you, uh, you know, all the time. And whenever I'm talking to them, they ask how you're doing. I mean, so it's kind of to your earlier point by knowing an actual relationship um, as opposed to the concept of homosexuality. Um, I think that made a huge difference um, for them. And now it's it's really wonderful, but it did take a long time to get there. Sure. And a lot of fighting and a, and a lot of struggle and a lot of discomfort for a lot of people, not just me. Yeah. So it takes time. Mm. I didn't have, I mean, so like my sister, and my dad were good. Like they were just like, okay. Um, my mom had a strong reaction to the situation and my, like she had a very strong reaction and, um, uh, like very matter of factly said that there was no way that she would be able to ever hang out with, me and somebody I called my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. She said that that would be a very hard thing for her to do. Um, cut to now, where you and my mom have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. You guys love each other and and have and spend a good amount of time with each other and and like each other a lot. Yeah, she's um, coming in a couple weeks, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Um, and then my brother, who I'm incredibly close to. Um, for our listeners who don't recall, Troy is uh, Marco's brother who couldn't speak at our wedding. He got so choked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love you pointing that no, out. No, no. I say that to illustrate the point of how close you are. The fact that I get in a side jab is just bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so my brother is, uh, I'm very close to my brother, but his initial reaction, which I think came more from hurt than it did anything else. He was more mad that I didn't really like confide in him you didn't say him. you didn't tell him first yeah um and it was a lot but we i mean we're fine you and my brother love each other yeah you guys are Razanum. you guys are so <laughs> close and it's like great and you guys are connected and everything's good so it's like it's good like you know we're fine my family wasn't a hard thing even my extended family wasn't a hard thing i also come from the school of not really giving a fuck what other people think <laughs> so that was like a huge thing for me because i was like I don't really care. Like, it, it wasn't necessary for me to talk to extended family. I told, of, of course, Melissa. Like, I let Melissa know um, because she's like family, you know? Well, she is family. She's just like... Sibling. Or, I'm sorry. She's, she's like, like your my sister. sibling. Yeah, I mean, like, immediate family. Yeah, yeah she's like my, my... She's your cousin, yeah, but she's yeah, yeah. like your sister, yeah. Um, so, Melissa knew, and that was an important, like, make that phone call, like, have that conversation with her. Um, but I didn't do that with anybody else. Not, now that I really think about it, no one else. It, it didn't matter to me. I didn't have to tell anybody. Um, so I didn't, because <laughs> it's nobody's business. But all of the family came around. Everyone rallied and, and things like that. And everyone's fine. All my whole entire family. My grandmother, um, my dad's mom, uh, is uh, dying to meet you. 
she really wants to meet you. You've never met her. Mm -hmm. We haven't traveled to Vegas at the Chicken Meter. We have to do that soon. Um, but she is dying to meet you. My mom's mom, before she passed, she loved you. I Any, loved her. Anytime I talked to her, she was like, tell, tell Tony that grandma loves him. <laughs> loves him. Like, she loved to say that. She cared a lot about you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then all my cousins on my mom's, like, they all love you. We go visit my uncle in, you know, D.C. Like, and things like that. Like, everything is fantastic. Um, yeah, both of our families really like you and I. They enjoyed each other at the wedding. Sure. Um, I'm just saying they're not they're not all friends with each other, but I don't think that's actually normal. Um, <laughs> I kind of think it is. Well, I don't know that I think that it is. I don't know. My mom when, and dad sisters live hang each out each other, with each other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But I know that everyone got along, and I know that everyone likes everyone. And when I go to your family events or you come to mine, it's totally fine. And again, that's why we're very fortunate, um, because for a lot of people, that is not the case. Um, and so that's why I think that making family is important, because there was also a period of time in my life where there was like a desert, like there wasn't that um, community or that network, that social support. It didn't exist. It wasn't uh, strong. And that's when I learned how to make the family for myself. So there's still people to this day that like, it doesn't matter how long it's been since I talked to them. It doesn't matter what they need. Like, they just call me and we pick up where we left off. Like, it's fine. And you don't have to change anything after that either. You can go right back to, you know, not talking to me again for a long time. And then the minute you need me again, that's because that's what family is. Like, you don't have to be around each other all the time to be connected. Mm. And so I have that. I have someone who called me not too long ago and was in, you know, a situation. And we've been friends since college, but we haven't talked um, regularly in a very long time. I haven't seen her since our wedding. Um, but it, none of that mattered to me. She needed me. She called me. I'm glad she did. We talked every day until she was better. And now I check in with her every other day or every couple of days. And, you know, it probably will go back to where she's living her life and I'm living mine. But that's okay. Yeah, I mean, if I need her again or she needs me again. I have I have that with a lot of people. It's so interesting that you mentioned that though cuz it's it's what's really funny to me is that I I have that with friends um and I have that with family, but I also I I, I think you and I were talking about this recently like I'm so because we share blood with somebody, I have a very hard time like excusing things and just saying oh well they're family like you're supposed to do that like you're supposed to not care about that or you're supposed to let those things happen like I don't like making excuses for family under those circumstances I know it's so funny I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth at this point but um it's like so funny because I like I find that no one can hurt you the way your family does right that's very true and because of that or annoy you and because of that, and because of that, I have a really, really hard time excusing the actions of my family, and I don't stand behind the whole, well, that's just who they are excuse, because I know that if at any point in time that they were just a regular person that was about it, like, if I chose to distance myself from Joe Schmo that I worked with, I would do that and have no qualms about it. So I have a really hard time being like, oh, well, because we share the same blood, I'm supposed to be super connected to them under those circumstances. And I think that that is very interesting about me. I should probably see a therapist about that. (laughs) Well, 
I think if you need therapy for that, then most of the world does too, because that's a very human reaction. But that's one of the that's one of the reasons why the idea of um, that's one of the reasons why Buddhism was so like drawing uh, to me, um, because you're supposed to take that truth, that thing that you just pointed out, and you're supposed to spin it the other way around. So imagine that those people that you don't have the time or tolerance for, imagine that they are your family, and let the excuse or the forgiveness or the increase in patience let it apply to them pretend like that's your mother pretend like that's your teacher pretend like that's your child that's what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. and in viewing the other person that way rather than diminishing what you feel for your family you apply it to your greater family which is every living being on this planet which i think is just for me it has led to a lot more peace by doing it that way yeah i'm sure yeah, I don't. But see, again, I'm the person that doesn't really give excuses to my family. Right. I, I don't excuse. Yes, them. this would not work for you. No, <laughs> not at all. Because I'm like, no. If you're gonna like act like that, like everyone just has to. I'm just a firm believer in taking responsibility for your actions, right? So like, and I don't care if your family, if your friends, if you're strangers. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, if you do a shitty thing there's going to be shitty consequences for it. Like, you know, and and I just believe that. So you got to know and understand that, like, you may be an uncle, right? And say something super shitty to me. But, like, don't be surprised if I don't have anything to say to you after that. Like, or, like, we're not going to be cool with one another. Or you don't get an invitation to my wedding, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm, this is not directed at anybody. Please let the, let the record reflect that but like you're saying a lot of things on record this episode i i know i just gotta, gotta make slow sure down for the stenographer gotta make sure that <laughs> nobody's feeling all sensitive <laughs> in their feelings like drake no um uh no like i just um i like you gotta understand that like if i don't invite you to like my wedding or you know or something like that it's be- because of who you are are or what you've done and things like that and so like if if i'm gonna feel put off by those things like it that's normal slash natural because of what you've done or how you've made me feel um and you know i can be cordial to a family member and like be nice and like if you know like uh but we don't necessarily have to have a relationship like i'm not like out here trying to like check everyone right like uh, that's not just something i do um but you know we can be in the same space at the same time like that's not a problem for me but uh don't be surprised if we're not like buddy buddy you know behind that whole situation and and, and that's just my whole thing but i think we've kind of got a little bit off topic <laughs> well i think i think to bring it back the important thing even there is that whatever they did that caused you to feel that way still be open to the idea of them changing, um, of them, you know, some people it just takes a little bit longer than others. I know I have a couple of people in my family who were the last to stand against our relationship because we were gay. And even they are saying things now that I never thought I would hear them say, but they're the last. And it took the entire rest of the family changing. And I I don't know what actually happened for them. I don't know if it's enough people started telling them to cut it out. Or if they realized that every time they brought it up, they were the only ones that felt that way. It's or because it's just... I'm amazing and they <laughs> just needed to come <laughs> around to it. Well, 
I think the point we're trying to make here is that it actually has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Just being funny. And that's the important thing to realize is that it has nothing to do with you. It's not personal. It is not personal. No. And in fact, the reason why being in a relationship or even just being gay and being a whole person who is gay and showing someone what that actually looks like, that's how you know. That's why it works is because it actually has nothing to do with you. You're playing against this nebulous, non-existent concept that has been downloaded into other people. Um, And it's, you know... It's up to you how much you want to combat that or how much you just want to walk away from it. But in the end, I think it's the most important message is that there is nothing like family um, and that there's nothing more important than family. And whether that is the family that you were born into and you're fortunate like us to have families that, you know, we are a part of and that we can be genuine in um, or it's a family that you have made. Um, you know, either way, that is still your tribe. That is still your nation. Those are still your people. That is your support network. That is your culture. That is your home. Um, and you, um, should have it. You deserve it and you should treat it with respect and it should treat you with respect. And, um, you know, I would just encourage everyone that, you know, even though family is such a difficult thing for so many of us, it, it can be so painful, um, that, you work on you and do what you can to get your family, whatever that looks like. 100%. That's why I always say I'm a walking contradiction because there's the part of me regarding family that I'm like, mm, they don't have to understand me or know me. Like I'm me, I do my own thing and they can decide to jump on this train or stay at the station, but I don't really care, right? But at the same time, I can also say, you also have to sit back and, and give your family time and a little bit of understanding and and just know that who they are is has been in the making for x amount of years <laughs> and so you know you can sit back and and know and understand that those views come from experience or you know a life that they've lived in which that has been a thing um you know so like you you don't have to go in on them but again, I can walk around with those contradictions and then sit or literally say, like, if we're at a family reunion and I see them, I'm going to walk up and say hello. I may not hug you because you may not want that. I probably don't either. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, but like I can exist in the same space as you and we don't have to be friends or buddy buddy or have anything like that together with one another. We just can be OK because at the end of the day, we are family. So whether we like it or not, we do have the same blood, and that's just going to be a thing. So um, ha- to your point, having family is a very, very beautiful thing, um, and you do have the ability to kind of direct what that relationship looks like, um, but you get to do that internally. Like, you get to say to yourself, like, how do I feel about the situation and make that what it is? Um, and then you can go about your life practicing that. Um, and you know, to your point, like don't harbor anger. It's, it's a terrible, awful thing to do Mm. and it doesn't do anybody any good. It just eats you up. Sure. And we don't like that. Awesome. I think that's, I think that feels good. What do you think? I think, I think we're ready to move on. (laughs) Well, why don't we take a short break? Um, we'll be back in just a little bit with a fun little surprise. 
Hey folks, it's your favorite host, Tony. And Marco. We need a favor. Please stop what you're doing right this very moment and head to your podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast. And your reviews are the best way to make that happen. So, if you have two minutes, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Then, write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, in case you get writer's block. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationship better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks. All right, we are excited because in a relationship and my family exclusive, I have the opportunity to be sitting across the table from my brother. What up? (laughs) Hello, Troy. (laughs) What's up? What's up, Tony? (laughs) I I I don't see you talking all that shit while we're face to face. (laughs) <laughs> Wait till the episode plays. <laughs> I put something special in there just for you. <laughs> it's really exciting. I'm, it's so fun. So Troy is. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said it wasn't. It was nice to. It was funny that I'm not saying any shit. Troy, it's nice just to hear your voice. How about that? All right. Fair enough. What is, fair enough. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, we're just really excited because, well, Troy is on his way. He's like in route and then decided to spend what, 12, 12 hours. I don't even think it's full 12 hours. I think it's like 10. Hey, listen, I don't with... do math anymore now that I'm not in school. So <laughs> right. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes the maths. No. Yeah. Not at all. So we're sitting here. We are, I'm excited because he's, he's visiting us and we get to spend some time with him. It's not often that I get to, well, that's not true. I get to see my, my siblings. With some sort of regularity, but it's definitely not like as often as I would like it to be. Yeah, and it's um it's dope to be back in New York. You know, I growing up like when you know the first time we visited, and then a couple times after, I wasn't really a big fan of the city. And then um and, and then I started working in San Francisco, and then I realized how much I actually appreciate the city of New York uh, because. San Francisco is one of the dirtiest cities I've ever been in. It makes New York seem like a hospital in comparison. It's so strange so to hear someone that. call us cleaner. Yeah. This is the dirtiest city I've ever lived in. And it when it's warm, it reeks of hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> I don't care if it's cold, warm, in between. San Francisco perpetually smells like shit. Well, there's That's also crazy. a lot of homeless people. And I feel like there's a lot more homeless people in San Francisco than there are in New York, even though New York has a fair amount of homeless people and things like that, too. But there is just like a lot of homeless happenings taking place in the streets of San Francisco. Yes, there are. And they don't give a damn either. They no. will squ- well, squat and take a shit right in the middle of the sidewalk. <laughs> They'll... <laughs> They'll shoot up their heroin right next to the front door of my pristine building that I work in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, heroin has to be administered in some way. Yeah, I, I suppose it does. Yeah. Shout oh, out to all awesome. the black tar babies out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
This is, uh, no, this is really exciting to have you here. And this is like the first time that you've ever had the opportunity to like record a podcast in front of people. Yeah, this, this happens almost never. Um, <laughs> for all those who don't know, uh, I am uh, one half of the Fried Bologna podcast. And uh, our, our, our thing, uh, which is not a gimmick, it's actually how it really happens. We record over the phone. So we are never in the same location. So it's it's pretty fun getting to like gauge people's reactions based off of the crazy shit that I may or may not say. One hundred percent. That is so funny. Um, yeah, so we're excited. We're and while he was in town, we were like, "Hey, may as well record." I think you were the one that was like, yeah. uh, "So we're going to record an episode of the podcast." It was my idea. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good idea, Troy. Good idea. I was like, oh, okay, that's what's going to happen. Uh, no, it's great. We love it. I, like, I'm excited about it. Yeah. So this... Go ahead. No, I, no, I was just agreeing. Yes, absolutely. For shizzle. We, um, so, I mean, it's only fitting that you're on this episode because we're actually talking about families and the the gay factor. <laughs> Plus families, <laughs> That sounds right? like a show. Like, the, yeah, exactly. The gay factor. Um, where people have to run around in high heels. Uh, <laughs> it's called queer factor. Queer factor. <laughs> yes, yes. You have to walk around in plaid as a gay boy. <laughs> um, yeah. See. <laughs> so, um, no, we're talking or, or throw in front of your father. Oh my god! <laughs> now that's good. That could also Come double on. as fear factor for the father. <laughs> I love this idea. Shouts <laughs> out to Joe DC Rogan right away. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, so we're just kind of talking about like you know Tony and I were mentioning like how fortunate we are like by way of family. Like we have a really really amazing circumstance that allows us the opportunity to be us with our family and our family loves us and they care about us and they support us and they cry at our weddings and, and things like that. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, not <laughs> y'all just will not let that die. <laughs> it's Tony's favorite thing to bring up. It's been what, two years? Damn near two I mean, years. Almost. Yeah. Next month it'll be two years, but I'm just so glad that my husband brought it up. It's nice that we could share that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get some dirt on Tony. And then release diss tracks. Listen, oh, there is plenty to have. Say, it's not hard. There is plenty to have. If you got an afternoon, I'll definitely fill, fill <laughs> Hell, you. Hell, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I guarantee you everyone's heard it already. <laughs> Probably from me. <laughs> <laughs> or from me. Yeah, right. I don't hide anything. <laughs> we um, no, so we we're, we're just super fortunate and I and you know, I had the uh opportunity to talk a little bit about you know families reactions and stuff like that but as a brother that's sitting here and things like that how like the news like receiving and understanding that your your brother is now uh well not now but your brother is um team queer how did that uh how did that uh resonate with you what was your reaction to all of that yeah i would say the um i guess the the initial shock if you want to call it it wasn't necessarily the uh that you were gay, I guess. It was more so how come I didn't know this before everybody else knew it? 
Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I would say my, my, my first reaction was probably a lot more selfish than it was like, I guess, supportive or anything. And um, which, which is, you know, I still, I still harbor some guilt behind that. And, you know, you and I have talked about that um, ad nauseum, but uh, I feel like I, I, I wasn't fair to you right off the bat because I, I thought about how it made me feel as opposed to how big of a deal this was for you as a, as a man, as a, as a person, as a brother, as a son, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then, then initially, as you may remember, um, I wasn't entirely all that comfortable hearing about like, you know, like relationship type stuff because, it was it was new to me. I mean, um, my my life has done a complete one eighty since then. But before twenty eighteen, you know, back however long ago that was, um, my interactions uh, with the gays were very rare. You know, I didn't right. I didn't know very many gay people. I wasn't around them, not by choice. It's just because I just I just wasn't. Um, so they hadn't infiltrated your life yet. No, not yet, and uh, and so. Um, <laughs> And, you know, playing sports and also going to church and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's a lot of hyper-masculinity in sports. So the the last thing anybody is willing to come out and say or even be okay with is homosexuality. And um, so I, I wasn't all that comfortable. But it took, like, the scolding of, a, of an ex-girlfriend to kind of you know, put me in my place and make, make me realize that this has nothing to do with me. And, um, and then since then, I would say, uh, I've been somewhat of a, um, is this okay to say, uh, a queer magnet? <laughs> is that all right to say? I'll allow, it's, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's, it's fine to say. I call myself that all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess what would, what would be the what would be the male equivalent of a fag hag or a fruit fly? What would be the male equivalent of that? Uh, we'll have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have nothing off the top of my head right now, but give me a couple That's minutes. I'm sure game. I could give you some alliteration. No. Yeah, I know. We'll have to think about that. Stay tuned. We'll come up with something. <laughs> but... But we'll come up with something that would be great. No, I mean, it's been great to have you as an ally. I think I was talking... Oh, I got it. What? It's a het pet. A het pet? Yeah, a heterosexual pet. A het pet. A het pet. <laughs> no, I... We'll sit on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he well, said. I'll, I'll sit intended. next to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> no, I was telling Tony that it was so... It's like, I don't know. Like, it's just like this amazing gay feeling when, like, I'm, like, talking to my sister and she, you know, is talking about how she was going to her city's... Um, Gay pride. Pride parade. Like, and she was, like, there by her... Not by herself. She was there with a cousin of ours. But, like, she was, like, there at pride. You know, Troy, you, like, are, like, texting and connected with and, like, friendly with, like, a, a co-worker that is totally homo. Like, Several, like you know... Shouts like, out to Alex. What's up, homie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just really nice to, like, know that, like, my siblings are very, like, like, everyone cares. And, and and that kind of brings me, you know, to the next point where we were talking about how amazing, like, 
it's not until you realize that you know somebody that is gay and that it doesn't change who they are as people that right. you kind of get over the whole gay thing, right? Yeah. And I think that that was always my fear is that I being able to be like super open about it with you was like really hard because I thought that you would think that that would change who I was as a person, like as if the years together as brothers and as close as we are would like change I because now I'm gay like all of that doesn't matter anymore but I'm still me you know like I'm still I've always been me so to know that like that didn't change that we still had this relationship I think is what really ushered in this like new wave of acceptance and understanding and love that was unconditional um you know because I'm I'm still still bitchy me (laughs) yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I that 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 did help. Um and you know, it took, you know, it took a little bit for me to realize that too. It took, you know, our our interactions to realize this is the same Marco I've known my entire life. There is literally no difference uh between him because let's let's be honest with ourselves here. The only reason people seem to be uncomfortable with gay the gays is because people think about sex. But one hundred, which is so I, weird. It is really mm-hmm. weird because when I meet anybody at any time, I never concern myself with who they're having sex with. Right now, if they divulge that information, I'm I'm here to listen. Sure. You know? sure. Why not? Yeah. Who doesn't love a good sex story? I mean, that's why we all read Playboys, right? <laughs> who, yes. Who, who we read, read Playboys? <laughs> We read them. Yeah. That was a joke, you guys. <laughs> well, now we know how gay you are. Even in my, even in my heyday, I was able to uh, appreciate Playboy for um, the pictures, if you will. <laughs> Mark was the only guy I know who was reading Playboys. Right. No, I, I love mean, the columns sorry. in Playboys. I love Pinboss yeah, yeah, yeah. Forum. Look, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you right now that Playboy <laughs> really helped my sexting game back in the day. <laughs> Neither Troy nor I wants to hear this. I'm just saying. That that is, uh, as the kids say, uh, TMI. Yes, yes. (laughs) I like it. Um, No, it's been, it's been, like I said, it's been really exciting. And then, you know, there's moments that I get to have as a brother, as a husband. And then I get to see, I sit back and I watch the way my husband interacts with my siblings. Like, the relationship you have with my sister, who again, you know, this year Tony She's and our I, daughter. Tony and I are kind of <laughs> like empty nesters because she didn't spend this summer with us, and she's been spending summers with us for the longest time. <laughs> Y'all have but uh, like Stevie withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, correct. yeah. No, I yeah, and you know what's funny? I had an inordinately large amount of pride when she moved into her first place, and I was like, "Do I? Am I allowed to feel this way? Because like I didn't." participate from the beginning but i feel really proud of her for like the job and her first apartment and like her taste and moving in and like you know the family's there and they're like well this should go here and she's like no i'm gonna put it here and i'm like yeah you do it this is your place like (laughs) yeah it was such a great experience for me it's fun having that and so i love the interaction that they have with each other and then 
the interaction that we have, or that you guys, you and Tony have together with one another, and the way that he cares about you and loves you, and and then even all the way down to how that trickles down to your daughter and how much he loves Jade and things like that is just always it's just amazing. Yeah, and you know, as far as like my interaction with Tony, meeting Tony is. Uh, Tony has had a, a, a big impact. I'm not sure if you've known this, Tony, because I try not to get very sentimental with you at all. But uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he's, you know, I guess you can say brought me along as well because it. Um, you guys are two different kinds of gay guys, if that makes sense. Like, sure, yeah. Um, Marco, you are. You are the queer eye for the straight guy kind of gay with <laughs> with also with also being that we were raised in the same household with a lot of the same interests. I still see a lot of myself in you as well. Sure. But Tony is another part the the gamer, the the jealous man kind of deal like that you guys are there's just such different kind just like there is differences between any other human being on this planet. But I think the with the stereotypes that float around about the gays, you guys have really shown me that there are levels and layers to not only gay people but people in general, and um, it's really helped me in my in my growth and my elevation as a human being. So, Tony, you'll never hear me say this, or you'll hear me say this rarely, but thank you. I got it on record. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it is. I think what did you guys put in my drink? Really... Yeah. Know, right? <laughs> Either not enough or way too much. Right, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's wonderful. And I think, I think it's true. I think that's so often what people forget. To go back to what you were originally saying and what you just said is, you know, your brother is a full human being with lots of layers, lots of facets, you know, just tons of interests, a whole history. And being gay, while an extremely important part um, and something that he should feel pride about, um, it is just one of many pieces of who he is and who any gay person is. Um, And we can't sort of just put them on this like sort of flat continuum with like one descriptor in one box no you're a whole person with lots of interests lots of history lots of biases lots of trauma lots of joy just everything um and that's it's true of everyone for sure i mean so it's because it's crazy because like all like the best memories that i have in life all include my brother Mm. but like my brother and i at growing up we it wasn't until high school that we actually became like two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I would say all the way until I he was in eighth grade, I was a sophomore in high school. It wasn't then until we ventured apart from one another. But um, all of my best memories in life consist of my brother. Mm. Like all of my best memories in life. Like we still to this day, like sing songs and like text each other and like send the links to it or there will be a commercial on tv and you know troy and i will like text each other about it or like we'll be like oh my god do you remember the slinky theme song like or do you remember this tony braxton song that we used to listen to and love all of our lives like do you remember the operation theme song or do you remember watching family matters together or do you remember how much we used to play 
um, you know, this game or hockey or riding bikes or Bauer rollerblades, like those like things like that are still like deep rooted within like the way that we grew up together. Mm. Um, and it does. And I, I, and that can exist. And I can be a fully gay married man at the same time and still have no problems. Like, and that doesn't change any of that. Hmm. I think, yeah, I think um, people really need to, just like just like race relations and things like that, people really need to be confronted with something they're completely ignorant to in order to understand that there are no differences between us as human beings. We right. all share commonalities. Um, and I, I, I think we, we always ignore shit like that. Yeah. What was it that you think about like me and Tony's relationship with one another that got you finally to the point where you were like, oh, they're just, uh, it's just a normal relationship. Was there anything? Um, well, I think, I think, you know, just hearing, hearing stories about you being upset with something he did or you guys doing stuff that normal couples do traveling and or cooking together things like that and of course attending your wedding and just looking at you guys realizing that uh what's the difference between this and anything i've ever seen between a man and a woman yeah you said that in the introductory episode or i'm sorry in the crossover episode that we did where you were like oh my god like he's talking about my brother and the way that he loves him. Like, holy shit. Like they love each other. Like they love each other. Like, and it's just completely normal. Yeah. So I, I think it was that. And, you know, I, I think very highly of you, Marco, as a, as a person, as a man and as a brother. And I know that you've, although you were <laughs> the curious George, uh, of the family, <laughs> you know, coming up, but, you've always been, you've always known what you wanted. You've always been very, um, sure of yourself. So if, if Tony as you know, is what you wanted, then I knew that that was an impulse. That was a real feeling. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I mean, yeah, that's, I thank you for that. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, but, and I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the confidence in my decisions, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I don't, I really, I mean, I have, I do pride myself on being very self-assured and, and, and knowing exactly what it is that I want to go for. And Tony was a gamble, but <laughs> I, there's definitely an ROI on it. So I appreciate that. Um, well, you guys have used the word pride like twice so far and i wanted to uh just expand on that a little bit is i've noticed that when 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 a when a man comes out as gay um i think there is a level of pride that like i think you kind of like upgrade yourself in the in in pride because I think you have to be entirely very comfortable in yourself and to to I, drop that bomb on people that you love. 
And oh yeah, I mean you can't wear the short shorts without being, <laughs> feeling full of pride, right? <laughs> but I'm I'm proud of both of your pride within yourself and for each other. Like it, it's something to aspire to. Like I think I might have told you this before, Marco. Is I wish I could stand someone long enough to be in a relationship with them like you and Tony have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, don't get it twisted. We can't stand each oh, other, right? <laughs> right? Um, Wait, you know Troy. You grew up with him. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. No, uh, that's why he moved clear across the country away from me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, to be honest with you, uh, it. I mean, one, the relationship takes a lot. It, uh, relationships take a lot of work, and if I will tell, I mean, and I've said this before. I said it the other night. Is that. You know, if there's one thing that my husband has taught me, and I will say that even being your brother, being my, you know, mom and dad's son and things like that, is that there's an element of patience. There's a reality that exists in everybody's brain that is completely different than what somebody may, uh, somebody else may experience. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't even mean that it's right. It just means that it's their experience. And Mm -hmm. I, as a human being, have tried to spend a lot of time saying, all right, so what is it really that is going on right now? Like, what is it that they're experiencing? And how is it that I'm related to it and can make this a thing, like make them feel comfortable in this reality for them? Because I don't have all the answers. I can't figure everything out for them, but I can't ignore the fact that they feel this way and I have a sense of responsibility to make sure that we live somewhat of a a cohesive life together, right? Marco, Marco, you're a goddamn lie. You don't give a... You don't care what people think. (laughs) I care... I that's true. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Troy. I, but I one do, of us had to say it. I, yeah. I don't. I don't care what people think as it relates to me. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like, if I like, if if you have an opinion about what I'm doing in my situation, I could give two fucks. But but if you are like experiencing your relation, or we are going to interact with one another as human beings, I got to find some sort of common ground to be able to make it so that I don't want to strangle you every single time. So how do we figure that out? Like what needs to happen beyond that? But no, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what people have to say about what I do because you don't live my life. So you don't really have to say so. Um, yeah, that's the but... script that you've been sticking to for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have a say so on what I do with my life because you're going to live at the end of the day. Like when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're not waking up in my bed. You're waking up in yours. <laughs> like, and you're going to live and go about doing your life. Um, and, and that's just kind of always the way that I felt. And I've but... always admired that about you. Thanks. I, um, I, I try my best to not be affected by that stuff. It takes time. I, I I don't get it right all the time. I mean, we still have parents that I find myself, like, feeling like I get anxiety behind having to, like, you know, figure out what to do to make things comfortable and make them happy and things like that. I think that that's, like, a natural child's feeling right yeah yeah and i don't think that has anything to do with you being gay because i feel that same i feel that way all the time 
So yeah, I, I think there's an element of that, but um, but I do feel like me being gay means that I have to extra tap dance behind the situation. <laughs> Why because, I gotta be tap? Oh no, right? Well, <laughs> lyrical dance. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's gotta be some something you can do a show tune to, like. It, yeah, exactly. Clearly, right, yeah. right. I need a yeah, a quick ball change, right? <laughs> Some kind of sachet um, or something. Right. Correct. <laughs> but um, but I do feel that. But I do feel like I'm fortunate enough within that. And again, I I do sit back and I see that you know my husband and my brother and my sister and my family in general have that. Whole I got it. Experience and great. Queer comrade. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I will see your queer comrade and I will raise you fag stag. Okay. But I, uh, (laughs) I, I, I am not going to use the F word. That's that's true. That is true. I actually don't like using the F word, but you know, it seemed appropriate at the time. I, I mean, I'll I'll take it. I'll, I'll take both of them. I think both of them are very very good. I have nothing, so I feel like you guys are in a much better place than I am. Yeah, probably. I'll, I'll text you. I'll text you more later. Troy. It sounds kidding. <laughs> it sound. It, it's probably because the whole us being Pisces thing. We, we were more creative or something than Gemini's. <laughs> Troy laughs. Him. So we there's this ongoing thing that goes on. So. Troy is a Pisces. Uh, his birthday is March 13th. Tony's is March 10th. And then my father is February 21st, who is also a Pisces. And then it just so happens that my mom is March 7th. Um, so I, as I'm sure all my listeners are cringing at this point, I am surrounded by Pisces. You're so fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I am surrounded by Pisces. But I will all, and I've always said this, I, I've said this numerous I think that my relationship with my brother and my father and under, and my mother and understanding how everyone is has prepared me to be with you for the rest of my life because I know and understand the ways of the Pisces and what you guys are. Um, yeah, I dated guys... a Pisces girl back in the day and I had to get out of that. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it was a disaster. <laughs> You really, yeah. you really can't date yourself. It's no, not a good idea. Or crazy. my mother. Or oh. your mother. No, it's so interesting because, like, and, you know, my, Troy's not, um, Troy's a man of few words, but. Troy, As indicated at our wedding. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I couldn't let that one go. Tony, Tony is a man of very few words. There's this ongoing joke in my office where, like, I am always like, you guys, Tony said that he liked X, Y, and Z. And everyone's like, oh, my God, then that must be a really good thing. <laughs> because Tony, Tony's, like, a man of very few words. And Mom and I always have a joke like, oh, Troy was as excited as Troy gets. And so we know what that means. <laughs> like, um, but... You guys literally, you, the decisions that you make in life are literally based upon your emotions. And I never realized that until I started dating Tony is that you guys are very emotion driven. Um, and then I started looking at Troy's actions and I was like, oh, he actually does things based off of his feelings, like the way that he sees things and feels about things, which I'm completely okay with. Um, but it is very emotion driven and, but there's um, a lot of pragmatism so I, behind those emotions. Yes, there is. 
I. It's not know. impulsive. No, it's not impulsive. You guys definitely sit with it, but this is this is the thing that you have to realize about a Pisces. The reason the symbol is two fish swimming in the opposite direction but connected to each other is because we are constantly looking at both ways, and we are literally like fully aware of both directions. Like it's not a cursory glance. It is let me think this through to death. Let me feel this through to death. Um, but unfortunately, the downside is let me be stuck in the middle and not know which way to I go. Don't, see, I don't find I don't find it to be stuck in the middle. I think that you guys are really, really good at seeing both directions, but your emotions tend to um, overpower at, like both directions, and you go in the emotion direction. Well, that would versus be the everything. current of the water. Yeah. yeah so if you sense. ask any of my ex girlfriends, they would disagree vehemently. They don't think I feel anything. <laughs> Oh, I think you feel a lot. I think I, I see it's so, but I know you. I mean, I've known you for 30 some odd years. We're, we're not going to give your age on the air. Oh, it's all but, good. I'm 32. Um... I'm still younger than y'all old assholes. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> 32 single I was trying to avoid ladies, trying to. Don't holler at me. I hate it. Um... <laughs> I was trying to avoid giving out my age during that whole thing. But thank you. I appreciate that. That's fun. Um, no, I think when I sit back and I actually look at the ways that you react to things, I think it's more based on your um, emotions than you even are aware of. And it's the same thing for my husband. Like, I think that he literally reacts to things based off of like how he feels, how it makes him feel, what it does to him. And he doesn't even realize that that's what's going on. I can agree. Well, I realize it. Yeah. I realize it. I absolutely realize it. I mean, I think it's true, but I think I realize it. Is this the astrological podcast? Because this is taking a very interesting turn. <laughs> I feel like we've reached a whole new layer of relationship type stuff, and this is awesome. Um, no, but you know, if I if I don't ever get the ability to say it, I like I could not be uh, more proud to be your brother and more thankful for. The opportunity to like, I, I I don't know. Thankful for the opportunity to have uh, the support that I have from you and from our sister. But uh, you know, we have the ability to be so um, close to one another, and it it just makes me happy because I I don't necessarily. Um, I don't know. Everyone does is not fortunate to have that. And this is not like a look at how amazing my life is scenario. Like <laughs> it's not like an MTV Cribs episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but it's OK to express gratitude and to recognize the blessings or the gifts that you have. That's OK. Yeah. And, uh, and you have a lot. And with that said, Tony, uh, your turn. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, I love my me? brother. No, I no, I love my brother. <laughs> Your brother by marriage? Or no, 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 my no, my blood brother. <laughs> no, I will say, I will say that one of my favorite uh, features of your family. Um, in particular, your siblings is you all talk multiple times every day, and I'm very jealous of that. Um, and I love, and I don't have to be jealous of that because I actually get to be a part of it. Um, so I really love that about, um, 
now the four of us, right? Because, sure. you know, it doesn't, and, and actually the four and a half of us, because Jade's involved in it too. Nice. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love that. I love the, the, the conversations. I love the just checking in. I love the, the harassment that we have. You know, I'm so glad that you're here for this day, even if it's only a day. Um, because, you know, we get to do this and we get to go to dinner and we get to make a memory. And it's just nice. You know, there, again, not everyone is as fortunate to have family like this. And it takes on a lot of different forms. But, you know, as I said earlier, it is the most important thing in the world. Family. Sure. It's it's better than everything. Yeah, and I get a chance to get buzzed off of a drink that I ordinarily wouldn't drink because I'm not sophisticated enough to drink it. Uh. <laughs> this is this is just table wine. Yes. <laughs> this, Any this kind of wine is classier. Wine. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cognac is a very classy drink, but I feel that's just very Negro of me to be drinking it, so... Um, sure. <laughs> so, sure. wine drunk is a, is a, is totally different. This is a good point. Happy to share it with you. I love wine drunk. Wine drunk is my favorite kind of drunk. <laughs> I feel like wine drunk. I, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but I feel like wine drunk is like the equivalent to being high. Like, there's like a calmness. How would you to know? But there's like a calmness to it. There's not like a turn up to it, right? Like you're wine drunk and you're like, I'm happy. I'm good. I'm sitting. I'm watching movies. I'm having a good time. We're good. Whereas like tequila drunk is like, or at least maybe it's aggressive. It's like dance, dancing on the bar. I was going to say jump on the hoe box. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something about being high is that description you just gave was way too many words for somebody being high. <laughs> it would simply just be, I'm just chilling, man. I'm just telling, right? No, I, th- I think the word would be nachos. <laughs> nachos. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, Troy, we would like to thank you for being a part of this very special episode, probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done. It's a good one. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of it. If you would like to promote anything, now is the time. Yes. Uh I would... Ooh, and we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> you had that in your back pocket, didn't you, Tony? <laughs> Troy, it's been in the front pocket for you. <laughs> <clears throat> As I was about to say, um, there's a few things I'd like to promote. Mainly, of course, is the Fry Bologna podcast coming at you every Monday. Uh, me and uh, High IQ delivering some of the funniest shit you ever did here. Uh, we are on the Instagram. Definitely will agree with that. <laughs> we are on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Um, also, uh, I would. Isn't it Fried Baloney Ent? Yeah, Fried Baloney Ent uh, is the is the podcast, and I believe that is the Instagram. I don't, I don't, I don't run the the Instagram, so. Uh, if you don't find me, it's not my fault. Um, <laughs> uh, and I would also like to, you know, thank thank Marco and Tony for uh, having me on, um, and thank you for delivering a, a, also a great podcast. Man, I, I enjoy listening to you guys every Wednesday or Thursday because sometimes I'm a day late. I apologize for that, but <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. You guys keep me laughing, keep me entertained, keep me intrigued. So. Thank you. It's me, right? It's not Tony. Oh God, no! I usually always, you know, the the fifteen second button you can use on the on the iPhone. 
so you can like yeah. skip past some uh, a part. Whenever Tony starts talking, I just press the fifteen second forward part just to make sure I don't have to hear him. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm a man of few words, and that works every time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Guess what else I put in your drink, Troy? Uh, well, if I if I cyanide, <laughs> okay, you I, won't be getting the antidote. <laughs> uh, don't forget, I have a daughter. So you kill me, you're really destroying somebody's life. Oh no, no, no! I'm not going to kill you. It's, it's just going to be the only child you're ever going to have. Oh. oh, I'm okay with that, actually. <laughs> I'll volunteer for a vasectomy. <laughs> Well, you're getting one as we speak. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you again. We really appreciate you being here. So excited. We're going to go have some dinner right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Troy needs some food. He's getting wine drunk. Some sushi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Sushi it is. All right. Like thank All you right. again. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to listen to some of your listener situations. Oh, shizzle. I'm bringing that back still. No diggity. <laughs> hey, everyone. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time to listen to our podcast and for allowing us to be a part of your Wednesdays. If you love relationship, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship for even more relationship content and information. And if you have any relationship questions or topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your questions on air and do our very best to share our thoughts and offer guidance based on our very own experiences. Please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you're a fan of the show, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and give us a great review. Your support is much appreciated, and from the bottom of both of our hearts, we want to thank you. Now, let's get back to the show. And now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance. So come on over, come on over, baby. Come on over, come on over, baby. Are you you done? That was some vintage Christina for you. I I was waiting. I was waiting. A little bit of a throwback. You better appreciate it. I did. That's why I asked if you were done. I wanted to let you finish. No? No reprise? I'm good. Okay. (laughs) So here's our first one. Hi, Marco and Tony. Hola. (laughs) Hello, email. I am such a fan of the podcast. A friend from New York turned me on to you guys and the podcast, so I've been listening and I am now, finally, caught up on every episode. Woohoo! Get this man a drink! I mean, there's only like 26 of them, so... Well, come on now. (laughs) As a single gay man living in the South, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys. Oh, that's very nice. Which brings me to my question. A friend of mine, a fellow gay man in our small town, just confessed that he likes me. He's a good friend and I like our relationship now. But I have no desire to go past friendship. He's not a bad guy or anything like that. I just don't find myself attracted to him like, quote, that. 
I fear he, quote, likes me because I'm the other gay person that he knows, so I don't feel that he really likes me. He just likes me out of convenience. How do I tell him I just want to stay friends without hurting his feelings? And how can we recover from this declaration without things feeling weird? Thanks again for all that you do. I'm looking forward to you answering my question. Signed, Rob. Well, Rob. Hmm. It's kind of hard being the hot man in a small town, oh, huh? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> you know, having lived in a similar situation, um, not, I being think the, not being the... situation. Ha, ha, ha. Not that I think I was the hot man in a small town. I was, uh, you know, um, someone who was interested in men in a small town. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, I've shared this story with some people before. It's like, it's like a telephone tree. Um, like it's like a network. So like the minute one person didn't work out, like within a couple of days, you have another date because it's like they called each other like, well, that didn't work. So I guess it's your turn. All right. Draw the next name out of the fishbowl. Okay, Larry, go for it. Um, very strange. Um, I hear that's how a lot of lesbians have to deal with stuff in, like, a lot of communities. Because, like, apparently lesbians, like, congregate. That sounds so funny. Like, it's like a National Geographic, like, <laughs> episode. Yeah, what is this? The water I know, home? right? But apparently, like, there's, like, always, like, a concentrated, like, population of lesbians. And so what ends up happening is lesbians end up popping, like passing one another off in various scenarios and so like essentially by the end of it you've probably dated like four or five people within the pack and your partner has as well i'd say dated those exact same people as well so so interesting Hmm. i think that may be more a community thing than a lesbian or a small town thing Hmm. um i think maybe i don't know i'm not gonna speculate but anyway um to your question um you know i get i get it even if you didn't think that he might not really like you, that he just likes you out of convenience, that's enough to kind of turn you off right there. But you said you didn't like him in the in that way in the first place. So there are easy ways to let that um, that person down. Sooner is always better sure. um, because their feelings are just going to grow unless you create some sort of buffer or, or barrier or boundary um, so that they can learn to start going in another direction. You know, you don't have to do anything sneaky or play any games like trying to hook them up with somebody else or anything like that you know if this really is your friend then you should be able to have a frank conversation with your friend about how you feel about your relationship and where it's at um you should also be respectful of your friend's feelings and understand that no matter how little or lot this person likes you this is still rejection uh and it's still going to feel that way and it's going to hurt um there is no easy way to do it so start off my suggestion is start off with a really neutral location don't make this person think that you're trying to woo them and tell them you have something important you want to talk about or or that you want to talk about that thing they said the other night and that you should come over um oh, yeah you know. yet you're trying to woo me with <laughs> soft cheeses and compliments to the blouse <laughs> exactly <laughs> um <laughs> that's a well and great reference yes. yes it is um and you know so don't don't do that um but at the same time you have to speak your truth. I mean, and you, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your friendship um, to do that. If your friend is truly your friend, they will be able to understand that, they will be able to recover from that, and you will remain friends. If they can't, um, you know, you'll never know really why they couldn't, but one of the reasons maybe why they couldn't is because they never thought of you as just a friend in the first place, um, and that they were using that to sort of create a bridge to something more. Um, I don't know. Um, and it doesn't really matter. All that matters is 
that you don't feel this way and another human being with feelings does and you need to let that person down gently um, but you need to speak your truth um, so I would do that be honest just say I really appreciate um, that you feel this way I think it speaks volumes to I mean this is just something um, potential but you know I think it speaks volumes to the level of connection that we do have um, but to, to further quote Will and Grace I think we're supposed to be girlfriends not boyfriends sure I, so this reminds me of a situation that took place uh, during my freshman year of college. Um, I, there was a girl that I had actually went to high school. I was dating girls at the time. So there was this girl that I went to high school with, and she and I both ended up at college together, and we ended up becoming really good friends during this time period. She, like, lived, like, two floors above me, and, like, we just spent a lot of time together. So, like, we were you know, always eating lunch together. And then she, her father lived in the city that I went to college. So like, I would always go with her to her family's house and her little brothers were there. And like, we would just like hang out and like do stuff. And so after a period of time, when everybody started coupling off and like doing things, and she and I were the only two single people, but like, we were spending all this time together. We used to like, cuddle together, take naps together, like totally platonic, never slept with one another but it was like very like well you did sleep with each other you just didn't have sex right (laughs) but we were like but we were just like very close with one another and it was just like really it it, it was it was very interesting and so uh, me being 18 years old and just not really knowing what was what and not being comfortable with who I am I was like I think I'm supposed to be with her so I like wrote this letter which should have been the first indication that I was gay wow but I was just like, I just feel like we, like, like I, I want to, like, move forward, like, with this. Like, I feel like this is right kind of thing like that. And God love her. She literally, like, came downstairs, like, right after. Like, literally gave it to her. She came downstairs. She's like, look, let's just talk. Like, we're friends. Like, we're so close to one another. Let's just talk. Like, we're friends like we are really really good like I care so much about you and I know you care a lot about me but like I don't think that there's anything there for us like in that way and I would not want to ruin a friendship off of something like this like there's just no way that this is going to end up well I don't want awkwardness so let's cut the shit like let's just be friends and like be good with one another and like let's just do that and I was like you know what, you're right. Like, we are much better friends than anything else. And so, like, why, like, muck up that water, right? Mm. So I would kind of have that same conversation, right? Like, I would just say, like, look. And literally have it super candidly. Like, she did not come at me confrontationally. She did not make fun of me. She did not laugh. Like, anything like that. It was very, like, thank you so much. I, but come on, like... Well, there's no way that we would be good together with one another. And I value our friendship so much that trying to turn it into a relationship with no way of knowing whether or not it's going to work out, like, is a, a risk that I'm not willing to take at this point when we have a sure thing as friends. So let's bet on the sure thing mm. <laughs> and, like, have a good time with that. And let's not worry about anything like that at the end. Like, let's, uh, let's, let's not mess up a good thing. Like, we're good right now. Um, I adore you and I will be here for you and you are my person like and we are good um, but I don't I don't think that we need to try to like turn this into something that it's not mm. and just be and to Tony's point be very honest be very upfront be very frank um, or Bob as I like to call it 
Um, Let's sign Rob. Yeah, just right. Just be very Rob. Oh, yeah, there you go. Be very Rob. Um, and just leave it at that and, and, and make it good. And then just like go above and beyond to try to make sure that there's no awkwardness or anything like that um, that follows it. Okay. I don't think you ever told me that story before. That mm-hmm. was interesting. All right, here's the second Relationship, one. Relationship, it's exclusive. <laughs> Hi, guys. My boyfriend and I live in Iowa. Please hold the jokes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know people actually lived there. Oh, jeez. He said hold the jokes. Um, we have been together for... Th- statement. <laughs> we have been together for three years, but we do not live together. Last month, we got drunk, and he hit me. Oh, it wasn't a full-on fight, and he didn't really hurt me, but he did hit me. And we haven't spoken about it since. Nothing like this has ever happened before, and I wouldn't stay in an abusive relationship. I'm just not sure how to broach the topic. Any advice? Well, this is a heavy one. Um, I mean, there's never a reason to hit someone. And there is never a reason to put up with being hit. Having said that, you said this was the first time you said it didn't, go into a full-on fight, you said you were drunk. Um, I would definitely broach the topic, and I would not make a decision yet uh, about how you're going to feel about it, but I wouldn't let anybody get away with anything in that conversation. It needs to be very frank. Uh, It needs to be very thorough. Um, I know if it was me, I would say, tell me if you think this is ever going to happen again, Uh, but that's me. I would be pretty confrontational about it. Um, because that's how unacceptable hitting is. Mm. Um, and I think it's okay for you to make that very clear. Um, you know, again, never happened before. didn't result in a full on fight. It's not the same as it has happened before. And there was, you know, broken skin or black eyes or busted lips or whatever. Um, but it shouldn't get to that point anyway. So, The fact that he's not willing to talk about it uh, sets off my radar uh, a little bit. Um, And it sounds like you have never experienced this before and you said you wouldn't stay in an abusive relationship. I think just be very careful and maybe do a little bit of looking into both sides of the equation. So have the conversation with him. Just broach it. Just rip off the Band-Aid. Just have the conversation. Just start it. It needs to happen. Um... And that's that. At the same time, maybe do a little bit of research into the cycle of violence and power and control and intimate partner violence and how it starts and what it looks like. Um, because there are, um, there are grooming techniques for this that are the same as for sexual abuse. Um, and while I trust, um, you know, just based on some of the language in your letter, I, I don't feel like I need to worry um, per se, but I don't know you, so I would be remiss if I didn't say things like, you know, look at it because this could be the beginning of something and you don't want that. Um, but also knowing that people don't stay in abusive relationships in spite of the abuse. They stay in abusive relationships because there are lots of other things in that relationship that are what appear to be really good for them. Um, and so I just would caution you to look at where this could potentially fall on a continuum. And maybe it is a one-time hiccup and an otherwise fantastic um, thing. Um, But I would say be open to both. Mm. I feel like 
I, it's so interesting to me because while it's completely unacceptable, I feel like they're the factor, like the 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 events that took place to make this happen, um, or the circumstances that took place to make this happen. I would take more of a look at those things. So, I mean, you said, first of all, how long have, did they say that they were three together? Three years. Three years. Okay, so in three years, not once has something like this ever happened, right? Right. And then it happened in a drunk scenario, right? So I'm not trying to downplay it because it is super important. So, and to your point, I think just broach the topic because it needs to be addressed, right? But I also think that there are some things that you can deduce from the situation. So him not, the partner, the abusive partner or the partner that hit, that that has not brought up this topic, I would say that there's two reasons why he probably didn't do it. One, he probably doesn't remember it. Or two, he probably remembers it and is super embarrassed about it and doesn't know how to say anything. And so he's afraid of approaching the topic because it's it's scary for him, right? So I would take stuff like that into consideration. Um, if it hasn't happened before, I would definitely... Um, I would have a conversation. I would, I, I, you have to, the conversation needs to be had, right? So you, you, you need to go to him and say, look, I don't know if you remember the events of the other evening, but I would love for you to give me your account of how the evening went. And then I'll give you mine. And then let's see, see where we can draw like and connect some dots. Right. And see what happens. If he does not, apologize or show some sort of remorse about his actions, then I think you have an answer that you can move from, right? So if you because again, here's my guess. I'm just drawing a, a random picture, but like, uh, yeah, so you kind of got a little bit physical with me and hit me. And if he's like, oh my God, I didn't even know that there's mortification on his face behind this situation. I'm so sorry. I've never done that before. I don't know why that happened. I don't know what's going on. And you say things like, okay, so we probably should think about what alcohol you drank and how we can make sure that you never have that alcohol moving forward or what happened during the course of the night that happened so that like we, like we don't make those things happen again because what I will not accept moving forward is being hit again. Like, I brought this to your attention. I'm willing to excuse it because you were drunk and didn't even realize that you did it. But what I will not accept is you getting drunk in the future and doing it again and making a pattern out of it. A pattern is where it's going to become a thing. It's a one-off. It's a one-off. I get it. You were drunk. I was drunk. Shit happened, right? But I, I really think that we need to figure out whether or not this was intentional or whether or not this was like just a random drunken stupid thing. Because we all do things when we're stupid drunk. You and I, I stopped drinking vodka altogether because I knew that every time I was drinking vodka, I was being snippy and rude to you and it wasn't a cute thing anymore. And I was like, why am I being like this to the person that I love? Like, that's not a thing. Like, that's not cute, right? So I stopped drinking vodka altogether because I knew that. And so that was, and we've been 
good every ever since, right? Anytime we get drunk now, it's hey, not. Hey, you're all right. Anytime, <laughs> anytime we drink, it's not with vodka, and and our drunk fun times have never had to be halted because vodka was involved, right? Yeah, we stick to the wine. Yeah, we stick to wine, and every once in a while, I'll have a shot of tequila, which I don't even really like because blah. <laughs> like I can't take shots anymore. My mid thirties body is is against it. Um, you know, so I, again, I would be, this is really weird because you're like the heavy in this one and I'm more of like the, right. This light, is definitely a role reversal. That angel food cake over here, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is fun. Um, but I just feel, I just feel like you, you need some answers. You really need some answers before you can decide what to do. And I would love it if you wrote back into us because I would like to find out what his reasons were. Like, what happened? How did this all pan out? And then I think that you would be able to get a real reading on what you need to do next. Okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to give you a nice little send-off. <laughs> So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this super important conversation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Feel free to tell everyone you know. For shizzle. I'm bringing that back, by the way. You can email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And if you're in the New York City area, please don't forget to join our group on meetup.com for more relationship content and activities. Tony and I will be harassing your ears next week. And remember, don't be a piece of shit. 